This is Sunrise, the who, what, when, where, why, and WTF of Florida politics. I'm Rick Flagg reporting from Tallahassee, where the state health department reports another 213 fatalities from COVID-19. This is the second day in a row the death toll exceeded 200, and the number of coronavirus fatalities in Florida has reached at least 12,482. The governor never mentioned those fatalities during his COVID conference Thursday. Instead, he wanted to talk about reopening bars and restaurants. Um, it's been my goal is every Floridian should be able to go to work. Every business should be able to operate. We're 90, 98 percent there um, in terms of what we've done in Florida. Uh, but this is kind of like the remaining piece. The state also reported almost 2,600 new cases of coronavirus Thursday, which sounds like an improvement until you look at the data and realize they're testing a lot fewer Floridians these days. Fewer tests means fewer confirmed cases. The governor's effort to play the race card against a black lawmaker has failed. State Representative Geraldine Thompson says there is no way she will drop her lawsuit over Ron DeSantis' latest appointment to the Florida Supreme Court. He has indicated that I am blocking diversity on the court when he had numerous opportunities to achieve diversity and he had any serious and real commitment to doing that. Remember Wednesday's story about the Tally 14 who were arrested Saturday during a protest against police brutality? Well, you can now make that 16. If the goal of Tallahassee police was to infuriate the social justice crowd, they have succeeded. You cowards, you bullies. You call us thugs, but you're the thugs. You're the ones coming to people's houses at night and arresting them. You call us criminals, but you're the criminals. You're the ones using undue force and power to do whatever you want in this city. We'll also have your calendar of political events and check in with a Florida man who took the wind out of a gator. And now the top stories on Sunrise for Friday, September 11th. Ron DeSantis travels to Fort Myers to talk about getting restaurants back to business as usual. They were never actually shut down by the state during the COVID crisis, but they've been through the ringer. When Florida went into lockdown in April, they were limited to takeout and delivery only. Then they were allowed to open outdoor dining, while indoor dining was limited to 25% capacity to ensure social distancing. Then they were allowed to operate at 50% capacity. And the governor's now making plans to get rid of those limits altogether. You know, we've been talking to the restaurants the whole time, so, so we're... Um, you know, I think we're going to be comfortable, uh, you know, moving forward uh, very soon. So, and I think that, that that's important. We, we understand the, the, the struggles. We understand a lot about how to do this in a safe way. And I think that it would be good to have some certainty and have, have an ability to, uh, you, you know, to take another step forward. Stay tuned. It's not, it's not going to take long. I mean, we, you know, we've, uh, uh, we, we understand some of the remaining obstacles and, uh, and we want to try to, to, to tackle those. My goal is every Floridian should be able to go to work. Every business should be able to operate. We're 90, 98% there um, in terms of what we've done in Florida, uh, but this is kind of like the remaining piece. The same goes for bars. The governor wants them back in business. Remember that spike in COVID cases after the Memorial Day holiday weekend? Let's just say June was not a good month for Florida. But Governor DeSantis seems convinced there will not be another surge as a result of the Labor Day holiday. Uh, you know, look, these spikes, um, sometimes these things get tagged. I mean, you know, we had Memorial Day and then people said, oh, we started to see cases. And the cases basically had peaked around the middle of the month and then kind of went down. Um, so uh, I, I, don't, I think sometimes overreacting to some of that stuff. What we have seen consistently for now two months is declines in people going to the emergency room for COVID-like illnesses. We've seen declines in the number of people hospitalized. I mean, those are really, really the key metrics. You know, they're doing a lot of testing on these college campuses. 
Um, but I think someone did a study. They looked at all the positive tests on college campuses over the last however many couple weeks, and there's like tens of thousands of people tested positive, and they haven't found one hospital admission yet, you know, from all of that. And so sometimes you just got to put these, you know, these cases in perspective. The governor's attempted at guilt-tripping a black lawmaker by playing the race card is not working. On Thursday's podcast, you heard Ron DeSantis try to salvage his appointment of Judge Renatha Francis to the Florida Supreme Court, even though she does not meet the minimum qualifications for the job yet. The Constitution says you have to be a member of the Florida Bar for at least 10 years, and that won't happen for her for another two weeks. But it didn't stop Judge Francis from applying for the job back in January. It didn't stop the nominating commission from recommending her, and it didn't stop the governor from appointing her. So State Representative Geraldine Thompson of Windermere filed a lawsuit saying the appointment violates the plain language of the state constitution. And the Florida Supreme Court says she's got a point. DeSantis responded by attacking Thompson and calling on her to withdraw the lawsuit, but she is not backing down. The governor hopefully has read the constitution and rather than attacking me and focusing on me, he should rescind his unconstitutional appointment. Why not rescind it? and then do what is right. But in just an unbelievable show of arrogance, uh, he has indicated that I am blocking diversity on the court when he had numerous opportunities to achieve diversity and he had any serious and real commitment uh, to doing that. Now, I stand on the Constitution. I stand on the rule of law. I think that all of us, have to be governed by the rule of law. And that applies to Ron DeSantis. He says... DeSantis is not the only one trying to pressure Representative Thompson. The governor invited several African-American officials, including State Representative Dottie Joseph of North Miami, to join in the attack and accused Thompson of trying to keep a black woman off the high court. I want to take a moment to speak to Representative Thompson. Black woman to black woman, I stand here in the gap interceding on behalf of another black woman. And I ask for mercy. Please drop this lawsuit. But Thompson doesn't care for the governor's effort to use her race to advance his agenda. Well, the governor is looking for cover, and he has uh, recruited people who are amenable uh, to having him violate the Constitution with impunity. They've they've said, you know, it's okay. And we can't uh, have a slippery slope where close enough, almost, becomes the standard uh, by which we measure people. And so the governor, uh, to give himself some cover, has reached out to certain uh, African-Americans who are amenable, but there were opportunities for other African-Americans to be there, and they elected not to be there, not to attend. And so Representative Adi Joseph, who maintained that she spoke on behalf of the caucus, uh, did not speak on behalf of the caucus. I spoke uh, to their lead, to the caucus leadership last night. They wanted me to be aware that they had not sanctioned her comments uh, or her attendance, and the leadership in the Black Caucus knew of the conference and elected not to participate. So what you had were local elected officials who, for whatever reason, I wanted to, in my mind, curry favor uh, with the governor and who came and who spoke. But as I said before, none of them said that she was eligible under the Constitution. They uh, talked about uh, her character and her personality and uh, involvement 
you know, with the community. But we're not appointing a prom queen here. We're appointing a justice of the Florida Supreme Court. And that person needs to be equipped for all of the kind of cases that are going to come before that court. Now, we're having an election in November, and we could have a repeat of Bush v. Gore. Who should decide that case if it goes before the Florida Supreme Court? A novice? Uh, we're talking about next year, after the census, redistricting and drawing fair lines. Who should be on the court to make that decision? And so I think that we need people who have a breadth of knowledge, a breadth of, of uh, experience, and who are not wedded to one uh, ideology or political agenda to sit on the court. And that is why I challenge this particular uh, appointment. And uh, the governor is attempting to put a wedge between certain members of the caucus, but he is not going to be successful. Thompson says none of the people speaking out on behalf of Judge Francis now actually believe she meets the legal requirements to serve on the high court. You're listening to the Sunrise Podcast from Florida Politics, and we're much obliged. Predict It is like the stock market for all things politics. Instead of trading stock in companies, you're investing money into your opinions on everything from election results to how many times President Trump will tweet this week. It's easy and only costs a few bucks to get started. Our podcast listeners can get a special introductory offer by visiting predictit.org slash promo slash F-L-A-P-O-L. Try it today. On Wednesday's podcast, we heard about the Tally 14, who were engaged in a peaceful protest against police violence across the street from the state capitol Saturday when they were arrested by a small army of cops in full riot gear. Well, it's now the Tallahassee 16. Community organizer Lakey Love says Tallahassee police arrested another protester at their home Wednesday night and a second one as they walked home from the gym. This was an organized attack um, on Black Lives Matter protesters, and the attack continues. We are seeing unprecedented behavior, police terror and intimidation tactics like we've never seen before in Tallahassee. Kara Gross with the ACLU of Florida is condemning the police response and reminding them that peaceful protest is a fundamental right of Americans. The police intimidation tactics and excessive use of force against peaceful, unarmed protesters exercising their First Amendment rights was unjustified and barbaric. It is not something our community ever expected to see in Tallahassee. The right to peacefully protest in front of our state capitol is fundamental. The police's retaliatory stop of a car covered with messages of dissent for driving too slowly violates the First Amendment and undoubtedly chills speech. Additionally, law enforcement needs to be held accountable for the brutality against peaceful protesters. Protesters took to the streets in Tallahassee to demand an end to anti-Black oppression in the wake of so many injustices and the continued murder, dehumanization, and brutalization of Black people in America. Protesters need to be protected, not arrested, yet too often police have responded with provocation and violence. 
we urge the state attorney to ensure that charges are dismissed against those who never should have been arrested in the first place and to hold law enforcement accountable for their unlawful actions. We urge law enforcement to commit to protecting protesters from outside threats, not arresting those engaging in peaceful assembly, to de-escalate immediately and to respect the rights of Floridians to protest and demand justice. People are angry and rightfully so, given the racial and economic structural power imbalance in our country and the number of black and brown people who have been arrested and brutalized and killed at the hands of law enforcement. Delilah Pierre with the Tallahassee Community Action Committee says there is no excuse for the behavior of police or the silence of the mayor and members of the city commission who claim they support the Black Lives Matter movement. This is not just an act of racial discrimination, but is an act of political repression. It is to silence the Black Lives Matter movement in Tallahassee, to silence the Tallahassee Community Action Committee, to silence Dream Defenders, to silence more than a name. And it's very, very purposeful. And we need to get it together because this, this cannot stand. This cannot be something we sit down and tolerate. Two days ago, I talked about the rise of the police state in Tallahassee. I talked about the rise of political repression in Tallahassee. And I did not know how quickly my statement would be validated. I did not know how quickly things would come to a head. I really didn't. I really didn't understand. I didn't even understand the danger we were in as protesters for the Black Lives Matter movement. They don't care about anyone in Tallahassee except themselves and their own agendas. And it's sickening and disgusting how willing and totally able they are to brutalize protesters because they see an inkling of resistance against them. You're not in danger, you cowards, you bullies. You call us thugs, but you're the thugs. You're the ones coming to people's houses at night and arresting them. You call us criminals, but you're the criminals. You're the ones using undue force and power to do whatever you want in this city. You don't own this city. I am not scared of you. And guess what? You bootlickers, John Daly, Curtis Richardson, Diane William Cox and Elaine Bryan, I see you too, because you haven't said a damn thing. Not a thing about it. What's up with that? What's up with that? You're literally sitting here saying you care about us saying you want to change this city, saying you care about everyone in this city, you want to make Tallahassee a better place, and then you allow police repression to happen, and you completely and totally ignore us. You stay silent, and I see you. We don't forget. We never forget. Supporters of the Tally 16 are demanding the charges be dropped and that police be investigated for violating the rights of protesters. A former wide receiver for the New York Jets is busted in Florida for his alleged involvement in a loan scheme involving the Paycheck Protection Program. That's the one that was set up to help businesses retain their staff during the pandemic. The criminal complaint filed in the Southern District of Florida charges Josh Bellamy with wire fraud, bank fraud, and conspiracy to commit wire fraud and bank fraud. The Department of Justice says he obtained a PPP loan of more than one and a quarter million dollars for his company and then purchased more than $100,000 worth of luxury goods. He's also accused of trying to obtain loans on behalf of his family members and close associates. Your calendar of events today? Well, it's the deadline for candidates and political committees to file their reports for financial activity through September 4th. The Florida State University Board of Trustees meets at 8.30. The Florida Supreme Court convenes at 9 to hear arguments in two cases. The Board of Optometry meets by conference call at 9. State Senator Randolph Bracey is hosting a farm share food distribution event from 10 till 12.20 in Orlando. The Ethics Commission meets in Tallahassee at 11. At 12.45, a group called Florida Trump Victory is hosting a law and order roundtable in Jacksonville to talk about safety and security in the Sunshine State. 
And on Saturday at 10, NAMI Florida will start a virtual speaker series with State Representative David Smith of Winter Springs talking about measures the state is taking on mental health issues. Finally today, a Florida man who conquered a gator is enjoying his 15 minutes of fame. Polk County Deputy Mark Trexler was dispatched to an apartment in Winterhaven after residents called to report a large alligator was chilling in their storage shed. He subdued the beast in just a few moments because it wasn't a real gator. Turns out it was a pool floaty. The sheriff's office posted a picture on social media of Deputy Trexler holding the floaty and said he knocked the wind out of it. They ended their post with a hashtag reading, Tune in next time when he wrestles a pool noodle. That's it for today's episode of Sunrise. I'm Rick Flagg in Tallahassee, inviting you to join us again Monday as we plumb the depths of Florida politics.